1: In this episode, we are joined by Jessica Isaacs, an elite athlete sports dietitian at UCLA who helps athletes fuel to win. She uses evidence-based customized nutrition recommendations to optimize performance and recovery, reduce injury risk, and achieve body composition and health goals.
0: Additionally, Jessica tackles diet culture and nutrition misinformation on Instagram and TikTok while running her own sports nutrition private practice. Jessica talks in this episode all about the performance plate method and how she uses it with her athletes. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Upbeat Dietitians podcast.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the pod. Today we are joined by a very special guest, Jessica Isaacs. Jessica, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks so much for having me, ladies.
1: So to start us off, tell us a little bit about, you know, your day in the life, what you do for work, how you got to be a dietitian, and also some of your hobbies, things you like to do when you're
2: not working. Okay, uh, so I am a second career dietitian right out of high school. I joined the Air Force. I was an aircraft mechanic, so absolutely nothing to do with nutrition, uh, but I came into nutrition through kind of a life journey of my own, just struggling with any eating disorder uh, and just really following having falling heavily into diet culture. And just uh, through that journey of just um, my daughter, I had a daughter at a young age and she was making comments about her own body. And I was really seeing that some of the stuff that I was dealing with in my own life, though I thought it was uh, you know private and something that I had kept to myself well, that was clearly kind of spilling over into her, own, her life as well. And I knew that I needed to make a change. Um, so started on my road to recovery from my eating disorder, Um, And then through it, just kind of awoken this passion for nutrition that I didn't know that I had. Um, So I saw both the healing power of nutrition and then started to get into fitness and saw really what it could do for athletic performance as well. And I became fascinated with the idea of like taking nutrition and these like anti-diet culture messages and coupling that with athletes that are performing at the highest level and just wanting to um, help fuel them and help them understand nutrition. Uh, And so I didn't know at the time what a dietitian was. Uh, but I did some Googling and I found that that's what I needed to do if I wanted to work with athletes and, be, and work with nutrition was to become a dietitian, specifically a sports dietitian. Uh, so I went to school at Purdue, Purdue University and while I was there spent a couple years interning in sports and just getting to understand the role, making sure that it was the right fit for me, uh, but it just made me want to do this work even more. Coming out of school and my dietetic internship, there really wasn't a role uh, that was available for me in someone entry level. Um, so I took a job in clinical nutrition, working in a hospital setting. But I really found that that was great foundational to learn a lot about medical nutrition therapy. I see athletes all the time with you know, type 1 diabetes, with GI issues, with celiac disease, with you know other allergies. So having that good foundational uh, medical nutrition therapy background was really helpful. I'm even doing more performance-based work. Um, and so my first job in sports nutrition, uh, I just kind of some connections worked out and a lot of the work that I was doing just to kind of keep one foot in the door and sports nutrition worked out for me and I got a call for a job at Mamba Sports Academy, which was the late Kobe Bryant's training facility in California. Um, And so I went to work there as their sports dietitian. It was really fantastic to get to see all sorts of different athletes at different levels from youth to professional level. I got to do some really cool things with like helping out athletes that were trying to get into the NBA and athletes that were trying to get into the NFL. I worked with some Olympic athletes and I also worked with some young athletes just really getting started in their sport. Uh, And that became really fun. of just, especially seeing those like athletes that were just entering sport or were still at that high school or collegiate level, which really is kind of like my bread and butter today, uh, because they still need to learn so much about nutrition. There's so much they don't know. Uh, and so uh COVID hit, Kobe had passed away, the academy kind of took a hit and I was let go. And during COVID, early COVID was kind of scrambling of like, what do I do now? Uh, And so I started a private practice where I kind of had a private practice all along, but I pumped more time into that and really started spending a lot more time on social media, um, really expanding, kind of trying to expand my reach and trying to reach that athlete audience. I found out that a lot of them are on TikTok. And so I thought at the time, my daughter's now 14, I thought TikTok was just like a booty shaking app and it still very much is a booty shaking app. But (laughs) it became like a pretty cool way to reach like younger people and share some nutrition messages in an educational and engaging way. Uh, And and so, you know, they're already on there seeing nutrition messages, but a lot of them are like not good nutrition messages. So I wanted to kind of break up the noise and and be a voice of like, you know, anti-diet culture and more performance-based nutrition. And so through all this, you know, things kind of grew for me uh, and then I got a call at UCLA where I am now as their basketball dietitian. So I work with the men's and the women's basketball team. I'm here all day, every day, like literally all day, every day, sometimes, uh, but supporting the teams. And it's a really cool role where I only work with like 30 athletes that just have small rosters, but I can really individualize everything that I do with them. I spend a lot of face time with them, educating them on nutrition, helping fuel them before and after practices and games. Um, I can help them. I do team talks all the time with the teams and try to educate them, not just on their needs now, but, you know, on their needs for the rest of their lives. So whether they're moving on to the professional level or whether they're moving on to just be regular humans, I really want them to walk away understanding nutrition and, and the whys behind everything. Um, so it's been a pretty cool role here. Uh, really food service heavy role. I've also got a team of interns that, that help me with things. Um, I do some education work with interns as well, just kind of preparing the next um, the next group of sports dietitians as much as I can. I um, still do a lot of like content work and, and that sort of thing on social media. And It's been a lot of fun to um, meet other sports dietitians and other dietitians, but then also athletes and, and, and feel like I'm making an impact there. And then I have my private practice on the side. So busy day, a lot. every day is kind of a busy day. Every day looks a little bit different. Uh, Hobbies wise, outside of work, I don't have a ton of time most days. I'll be honest, like it's a a lot of time, a lot of sacrifice working, doing this kind of work. Um, But uh, hiking, I love hiking, spending time outdoors, camping when I can, thrifting. I love to go thrift shopping. You can catch me there anytime I have a day off. (laughs) shopping. Um, I've got my daughter back at home. She doesn't like to spend much time with me, but every now and then she'll, she'll let me like go get our nails done together or something. We did that the other day. Uh, and then I've got a couple dogs too, that, um, I don't get to see enough of, but I love getting to come home to, to my little family at home. That's my life. So
1: awesome. Thank you for sharing all that. We, have quite a few dietitians on and I always feel like everyone's journey to get like in their role they're in is so so different so it's always just so crazy to me to always hear everyone gets where they are well as a sports dietitian we really want to hone in on that today we kind of want to hear your thoughts on um, what's called the performance plate method and how you sort of use that with your athletes
2: yeah so a lot of times when people kind of start working with me, they're, you know, talking about like, you know, how many calories should I be eating or what should my macronutrients look like, or can I get a meal plan sort of thing? And I really want to navigate as away from all of that. Um, I think within human that that could be kind of setting you up for some disordered eating or, or, or not really understanding like why you're doing these things. And so I want my athletes to understand based on their day, based on their training, based on their goals, how they should switch up their meals. Um, and, and then also be able to make free choices, you know, make choices that things to go on their plate that, you know, aren't necessarily following a plan. And it doesn't really like necessarily exclude any foods or, or say one food is better than the other, but that all foods can fit onto their plate. We're just going to divide the portions up based on what their day looks like. Um, So there's three basically core plates, you know, think of like an eight inch, nine inch dinner plate, and we're kind of sectioning this off into different categories based on what our day looks like. So it first starts off with kind of a low intensity. This might be an off day plate. This might be a day where, you know, maybe you're just going for like a short walk or a short jog, not really a super active day, maybe some yoga, um, light body weight training, or maybe this is just simply like no practice, just a recovery day. Our plate looks like this. So half of the plate it's going to be color, which is fruits and vegetables. This is where we're getting a lot of our vitamins and minerals. Um, And so on these days off, it's a really great day to focus on repairing our body with these these nutrients that we might not get a lot of during the week, especially when we're focusing on other categories. And then the other half of the plate divided up, so we have got a quarter of the plate of a carbohydrate and a quarter of the plate protein. Since we're not using as much energy on this day, this is a day where we're going to have the least amount of carbohydrates for energy just because we don't need as much fuel. Um, But I will say with any of these days, I really stress to my athletes to listen to their bodies. If they're hungrier, if they want more food, if they want other things on their plate, like they can totally do that too. This is just kind of a baseline, a guideline template of where we're going to build off of. Um, And then the next day, it's going to be a more active day. So maybe a day when we're having practices, maybe practices of like an hour to two hours, Um, a workout, like strength training, maybe an hour strength training or something like that. Um, Maybe going for a three to five mile jog. This might be a plate that we would use. So instead of dividing it into, you know, half and quarters, we're just basically breaking everything down into thirds. So a third of the plate carbs, a third of the plate color of fruits and veggies, and then a third of the plate protein. And then the one other category that I haven't really mentioned is healthy fats. And these things might already be on the plate. So we might be cooking with some olive oil. We've already got a healthy fat on the plate, so we don't really need to put extra on there. Or we might be having something like salmon that already has got some healthy fats in it, so we don't need to worry about it too much. But it is an important thing to have on our plates and in different degrees and different amounts based on goals and needs. Um, Healthy fats are really important for all athletes. Um, But I say it's really important for my female athletes um, to really you know, make sure that we're getting healthy fats on our plate because of its role in hormone health. And then finally, our last plate is going to be like our big carb heavy plate. And this is a day when we're doing some heavy, hard training. So maybe this is game day. Maybe we're doing two days. Maybe our practices are three hours or four hours with, with lift. Um, so these are going to be our big days. Maybe it's a tournament day, uh, or maybe you're trying to put on some muscle mass. This would be the plate that we're looking for. So half of the plate now is going to be carbohydrates, Carbs being our energy source, the more energy we're using, the more energy we need to be consuming on our plates. And then the other half of the plate is protein and color. So kind of almost an inverse of our first like off day plate, um, where we're going from color being the biggest category to now carbs being the biggest category. Uh, and then, you know, the other thing that we haven't talked about either is like fun foods. Um, I'm big on like all foods can fit into an athlete's day, into an athlete's plate. Um, no food should be excluded. I, th- I think for any human, you know, if you want chocolate, eat chocolate, if you want cookie, eat a cookie, like you shouldn't be restricting things and you should be able to have these foods in your life. But I think it's helpful for my athletes to like contextually, like see it on a plate. Um, and so that way we're, we're knowing we're checking all of the other boxes and we're getting all the good stuff into, and we're going to add that fun food to our plate as well, just in the, the appropriate category. So maybe it's more carb heavy, it goes into the carb category. Um, but those foods can absolutely go on our plate as well. And then the other thing is that, you know, these plates, this would be for three meals a day. So if it's training day, then you're, you're following that training day plate for all three meals of the day. Um, if you have early morning practice and you're not going to do, maybe you're not going to get up a few hours in advance to eat something, then I would say, you know, maybe follow that harder intensity plate the night before so that we'll make sure we're nice and fueled up um, after that overnight fast to have fuel in the morning for, for that practice or game or whatever that day may be.
0: Absolutely. I, that was actually going to be one of my questions was, do you have to include like, I'm going to do like plate two and plate three on this stair, like, how does that kind of look? But you answered that. So <laughs> I'm glad uh, you brought that up. The plate performance method is something so interesting to me because I've gotten, or at least like we've gotten messages where people are like, bring on a sports dietitian and have them talk about calories and macros. So I know what I need to eat. Um, but it's really cool to see that it's not just so cut and dry. Like this is what you should be eating every day for whatever you're doing. It like really depends on what you have going on that day, what performance, like how close performance is to that. Um, I also really like how you included that. It's okay to have those fun foods because, um, there's a lot of food demonization on the interweb and I'm sure, especially people who. Are trying to get better at their sport, or like, oh, I can't afford to eat chocolate because it'll ruin my gains, or all oh, they say those things. But I'm really glad you addressed that as well because
2: we now have sports dietitian approved. You can eat fun foods. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's you know an important message is that. Athletes, you know, they get exposed to all the same nutrition messages and nutrition misinformation that the general public does but there's not a lot of sports specific nutrition messaging out there. Like if you follow sports dietitian accounts, you may be, but like a lot of what the bulk of what athletes are seeing is the same thing that everybody else is seeing, which is very like weight loss heavy messages and diet culture messages and fad diet messages. And so it's very confusing for them. A lot of times athletes aren't getting any kind of nutrition education um, until maybe this level at collegiate level. Um, Even then, you know, that's, it's a growing field, but there's still, you know, not everybody has the same kind of access to to sports dietitians, or maybe you have a dietitian at your school, but they're spread over hundreds of athletes, so maybe you don't have the same kind of interaction. And I think it's really important that we get more of these like foundational nutrition messages. Um, but then also that athletes understand that when you're on the internet and when you're going through through feeds and you're seeing a what I eat in the day, if that like unless that's like a high performing athlete, that's not a message for you. If you're seeing a 1600 calorie meal plan, that is absolutely not for you. I don't care who you are, what kind of athlete you are. 1600 calories is not enough. Keep it, keep it moving. Like keep it moving. (laughs) I have a two in front of it at least, at least, (laughs) Um, but I don't know that. Right. And, and sometimes, you know, I, a lot of my athletes, I would say most of my athletes when we start working together are, are under fueling. And a lot of times it's not intentional. There certainly are some that have like some carb restriction, carb beer sort of thing. But a lot of times it's not that they're intentionally underfueling. It's just that they don't understand how much their body needs um, in order to, to perform at their best. And it, nutrition has to be a really conscious effort for them because they have such busy schedules, especially for student athletes. You've got school schedules, you've got training schedules, you've got other commitments, you've got a social life you want to put in there somewhere. And so you've got to find out where you're going to eat during the day And when you've got these big chunks of your day already like taken away with activity, it's hard to fill in enough and get in enough. And unless you're like staying on top of that and aware of, first of all, what your body needs, it's easy to get behind. Um, And that, you know, not only just sets you up for not performing at your best, but that's also going to give you an increased risk of injury, which is certainly something people want to avoid, right? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's so huge because like diet
1: culture infiltrates like everybody's lives and it's obviously negative for everybody, but as an athlete, like trying to be the smallest version of yourself, eat as little as possible, like that's going to negatively impact your performance in huge ways, obviously. So I think that's a very important message you just said is we got to steer clear of those types of things.
2: 100%.
0: Yeah. And look for sports dietitian social media accounts because they are, they should be your go-to people. Um, especially with all the nutrition accounts on the internet. Like there are, there are sports dietitian accounts. You just might not have been aware of them till now. So now you don't have an excuse.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, Jessica, speaking of where can our listeners find you on social media?
2: Yeah. So I'm pretty active on Instagram and TikTok. I'm at Jessica the sports RD, RD for registered dietitian. I've um, got a website as well, Jessica, the uh, but I'd say Instagram and TikTok's where you're going to find all the fun stuff. And I would say Instagram, if you're on Instagram, go there. There's a lot more fun stuff that I can post on there that I can't post on TikTok. And as well as like, you know, I'll post a video on TikTok, but on Instagram, I can expand on that message a lot more in my caption. And so a lot of times if you do see something that I posted on TikTok, if you go over to Instagram, you're going to get a lot more bigger picture uh, of what, what the overall message and takeaway, as well as some, some applications, some things that you could actually do and implement in your own life.
0: Absolutely. And just make it easier for yourself and follow her on both. So you don't have to worry about that. Perfect. So kind of getting now to the fun section, although this episode has been full of lots of fun, um, but our controversial section (laughs) is we like to have bonus questions where either we debate or just kind of talk about our food opinions, like people like sharing their opinions about things. So (laughs) today's question is, are Kit hats technically lasagna? And Jessica, has,
2: we always let the guest go first. I love this question. It's so fun. I just did like a few different like food debates on my Instagram as well. And it was very hotly contested. Like, I think there's two camps of people, people that are like black and white, yes or no. Like this is something. And like, you're a crazy person for even asking this question <laughs> or the other ones that are a little bit more open-minded to explore some different ideas. So I love this question. Um, I would say... It really depends on like what the definition of lasagna is but like i see it as like a lasagna is this layered dish and a kitkat's layered as well so i could go with like a kitkat being chocolate lasagna
1: yeah i think the definition's the big part and i'm the one in that camp where i like to explore think about all the parts the exact wording like what is the actual question asking and so upon my google search i stumbled upon the definition of lasagna which is like based on the noodle itself, like lasagna is the noodle, not really the dish. Um, And it made me wonder, like, is the dish actually a casserole? Like, I don't know. And so uh, my answer is that I don't know if the Kit Kat is lasagna because I don't think a Kit Kat is a noodle.
0: I don't know. Uh, I was going to say, I agree because I also view lasagna more as the layered component and in my head I was like lasagna is a social construct <laughs> it's what you make it um but uh Kit Kat is layered wafers and chocolate so I like the chocolate lasagna or like chocolate casserole interpretation yeah. but if we're gonna follow the standpoint of lasagna is a type of noodle Kit Kats don't have noodles in it to my knowledge um right so
1: but like, are wafers noodles? I don't know. I would think not You're because right, like, I... isn't the definition of a noodle, like it has to have like eggs and flour and like certain ingredients. I don't what, know. Wafers do if... have that? Vegan
2: noodles.
1: True. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Right, so, wafer, wafer's...
2: <laughs> so a Kit
1: Kat is a vegan casserole. Okay. Vegan
2: casserole.
1: But isn't yeah. it... I don't think the chocolate's vegan. <laughs> no. It's well, chocolate... partially... <laughs> Okay. Yeah. We'll say it's a chocolate casserole. I think that's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we've broke the internet today.
0: <laughs> well, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. It was an absolute pleasure and we'll definitely have to have you back on for all things sports nutrition related. Cause I know everyone has so many questions about sports nutrition and there's so much we can go into, but thank you everyone for joining us for today. Um, Thanks for tuning in and we hope you listen again next week for a fun and thrilling episode.
1: (laughs) All right. Thanks guys. See you next week. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the upbeat dietitians with your host, Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us in order to
0: support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and
1: review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at the Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.